All right, Slash, go ahead, kick it. I'm going to come in. Axel, I'm going to take this verse. You take the second verse. If you want to harmonize, you can do that. But hang on. Here we go. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Wait. It's a Bob Dylan reference? Scratch the whole thing. We're talking about Cowboy Bebop the movie. everybody and welcome to your new favorite show the more you nerd my name is drew and i am joined as always by my partner in crime miles how are you i am doing good i was it took all of my willpower not to sing what's up sweet cakes to you when you (laughs) called on me (laughs) um which is a reference to the movie we watched for this week and man the musical choices in this show and have been excellent. The movie is no different, even though some have some questionable lyrics. Um, the, man, I'm I haven't watched this movie probably since I first saw it. And so it's been such an it's been such a treat. One going back to this show, I've talked about that, but seeing this movie again because I had very fond memories of it. And I was a little worried that like, oh, maybe I'm not going to like it as much as I I did when I saw it, even though that hasn't been the case with this show. (laughs) And I mean, because, you know, like you mentioned last week when you were talking about uh, Macross Plus, typically when you get a movie of a show, it's often a compilation film, maybe with some better animation and maybe some new scenes here or there. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. A couple of scenes for context. But I mean, and there there are are obviously a lot of exceptions to the rule. I mean, I think Dragon Ball has a bunch of original movies. Both it does. Old Metal Alchemist movies are original stories. Naruto um, has a ton of them. I think Boruto yeah. has some. I, One piece. I don't know anything about Demon Slayer. I know it's massively popular. I I've heard weird things about this. The movie is it's like it's a continuation of the first season, but it's also what. The first, second season takes a lot of the movie and mixes around with it. I think I, I'm not. I'm not I certain. Mean, Someone might be able that, to clarify that for me. That definitely happens too. I mean, anime is is weird in that regard. But this is a standalone movie. This it is important to note. I mean, we've danced around the end of this series before, but. <laughs> Despite the fact that Miles and I cannot accurately remember what happened at the end of Cowboy Bebop, we know a few things are true. <laughs> and when they announced they were doing a movie, it was a little. Um, I think everyone kind of figured it would take place within the within the time frame of the show. Yes, uh, it does take place within the time frame of the show. It seems to, based on what happens in the show, take place after episode 22, because we meet a certain character just in the background that we have met in the show previously and takes place before episode 23 because the show big shots makes an appearance in this. And we know that in episode 23 big shots is canceled. So it has to take place roughly between those two time periods. Uh, It also has to be a big enough spectacle to be interesting, but not radically change what happens in the show and that well, is something and because 
Well, I, I was just going to say, because, you know, this came out in, in, at least in Japan, you know, several years after the show. I mean, for the show aired, and I think came out around the time the show was airing in the States. I there was a, also an effort to kind of tell a story that also serves as, you know, if you hadn't seen the show, you can figure it out. And, and that's and I that's think, really where I think the opening scene of the movie takes oh, place. Hundred percent. But, but, but go oh, ahead and finish. But go ahead and finish your thought. Well, yeah, I, I just want to say that, like, you know, it, it's not often that I see an anime film based off a popular uh, program make that attempt. Like, I mean, look, I love Full Metal Alchemist. I have a Full Metal Alchemist tattoo. That first film, if you haven't seen the show, <laughs> good luck. Um, and. <laughs> I, I think that's that's true with a lot of Dragon Ball movies. I would assume I, I I can barely keep up with I mean, I'm not a Dragon Ball fan, but I can barely keep up with what's going on in the show. So I imagine the movies are extra confusing for someone like me. Probably. Yes. Especially um, the movies that take place just in random arcs in the middle of things that are supposed to, again, happen between certain episodes of the show. But they came out 10 years after they were supposed to happen in the show. It's just, it's all. It's a little wild, um, but but let's let's set up this opening scene because this oh, it's is so good. it's a really great scene. Uh, there is a convenience store that is being held up by this dude and we get motions of, of Spike and Jet planning just kind of a voiceover over the top of this. And and of course, stuff goes down and Spike and Jet save the day uh, until a dude comes out of the bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, so the, this show's always been fairly mature, even with some of its language. But like, you can tell with the movie, they're a little more free with what they're able to to say and not say. Yes, and I I think apparently the um, inspiration for this scene was very much rooted in Pulp Fiction, and and you can definitely see that. Oh, one hundred percent. With with oh, a lot oh, of the uh, ways the dominoes are set up. Uh, Pulp Fiction and oddly. A little bit of clerks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I I adore how this opening was set up, because if you've never seen the show, this tells you everything you need to know. Jet is a lot more kind of uh, goal focused. He's uh, the straight man. Uh, Spike is your, your kind of cool guy. You can tell they're both bounty hunters. And this whole scene sets up their dichotomy exceptionally well. And... Uh, not directed by Watanabe. It was uh, the opening sequence was directed by uh, Hiroyuki Okiura, who you might know as the director of Jinro the Wolf Brigade, which is a pretty classic movie from the late 90s, um, or Record of Lotus War. Which uh, was, on, which was always on Saturday anime on uh, on Sci-Fi Channel back in the day. And I always... Uh, just change the channel not because i didn't like it just because uh this is fantasy stuff i don't like that and that was me being a yeah uh, uh it's uh, it's what i would kid. like to go back to because i know that uh that franchise has been very very popular and it was very much inspired by D. so i would like to check it out i would imagine it's aged interestingly uh, um, uh, jinro almost made our list for nma 2021 Yes, um, it was a, it was up there a big fan. There was a uh, I think a South Korean uh, live action version, which is apparently pretty solid. Um, and I would, I would very much like to check that out. Um, it may not, 
there might be a Japanese live action one too. I've heard one of them is very, very good. And so you've got people being brought in who, because at the end of the film, you see a lot of the other studios that were brought in. They had a lot more money after the success of Bebop and it shows. Yeah. And this opening sequence is just, I know we say it a lot, when talking about Cowboy Bebop, but I think it was very important for them to have this cold open just to show you how cool Cowboy Bebop is. So it's interesting that you say that because, and I base this not having watched the show, but having just heard about this, they use the opening scene of the movie as the opening scene of the live action Netflix Cowboy Bebop series. Interesting. Uh, Again, I may be totally wrong about that. I am just basing it off of the research that I have done that does not, you know, tell me word for word what the Netflix series Rest in Peace has said. But <laughs> um, but yeah, you, I mean, you you see a lot of games like uh, Bones and, and uh, uh, Gynax and stuff like that uh, at the end and then at the end of the, uh, the film. And so it was kind of cool seeing all of these animation studios, you know, kind of get brought on because a lot of them have reputations for being a little bit more on the artistic side of anime, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think there is something about this show that really speaks to people because not only is it a cool, a very cool sci-fi action show or a sci-fi adventure show, but there's a lot that this does uh, in asking questions about the future in, in commenting on things going on right now, like any good science fiction does. And I think, you know, it's interesting that Gynax is involved because the world building, you know, we had our, our opinions about Royal Space Force, but the world building that show was pretty excellent. Spot on. And I I can definitely see, like that being an influence on Watanabe and how he structured the world or, or worlds of Bebop. And so like just having all of that kind of, uh, I don't know what the uh, class coming in to make this film is really, really interesting. In- including the bones, which I think was made out of people who worked at or were inspired by sunrise. So it's also like, oh, the people that this show inspired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so it's a really cool way to to kind of open up this movie. And I. I will say, because I, I even made a note of it, it is a little weird not having tank open things up. <laughs> well, that, that that's something about this this movie that I made a note of pretty early. The music in this movie is really good. It's the it's the Yoko Kano. It's the seatbelts. But there is a lot of not jazz in this movie. It's definitely moved on in style. And I'm but I'm kind of here for it. Yeah, it's like there is a there is a song towards the end that sounds like a Radiohead song. Like it literally mm-hmm. sounds like Kid A and it's like doon, 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 and then it changes <laughs> and it's like Okay, that's pretty dope. That's a pretty dope line. It is not the jazz that I expect from Cowboy Bebop, but it's not bad. It's not a bad song. It's sort of like when when in the series we've seen them focus on other characters in especially when with Ed, Ed gets a lot of non-jazz music. Uh mm-hmm. Jet gets a lot of jazz cuz he's, you know, he's the jazz guy. He's he's named his ship the Bebop. <laughs> but uh 
it, 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 it's interesting to, to, to see that and say that. Um, let's get into a little bit of the plot because there's a lot happening in this movie, but there's also not a lot happening. It's like, I feel like plot wise, we're not going to have a lot to say about this movie uh, because a lot of this movie is, is the stuff that happens in the background, the references, the, the music, the, the, the little bits of, of story and character elements that, that happen. Um, we, we are introduced to, to Faye tracking down a, a hacker on Mars and she is, just done with it <laughs> she's already done with it she's bored of this assignment already but uh yeah it's also she, a, i think from what we, we've learned a cheap like a, like a one million wulong bounty well so this was supposed to be the side bounty that Faye was going after by herself while mm-hmm. jet and spike went after the main bounty in the intro sequence which is pretty good i mean again we also open up with them actually getting the bounty. <laughs> hey, how about that? But it's only like 1.5 million. Oh, logs. that's what you get when you knock off a uh, convenience store robbers. You know, <laughs> uh, but- I, have, have we I know, I know I don't think we've talked about this, Drew, but have we kind of sussed out the currency rate of a Wulong? No, it has to be. Well, it I say it it's has not to one be to one to a dollar. It's not one to one to a dollar. If we put it at yen, that makes it a little different right but it's still like the reason even even if it was at yen it's still a lot of money but then i have to remind myself yeah but these people live on a spaceship that needs fuel to go to other planets and i imagine that can't be cheap right i'm gonna i'm just i'm gonna google it now i'm gonna you're gonna hear my typing wulong to USD is a is a Google autocorrect. <laughs> so while uh, how far Wulong stretches is shown in several disparate ways throughout Cowboy Bebop, uh, one Wulong is worth roughly one US cent. I'm sorry, the Wulong that I looked up is a cryptocurrency. Yeah, I saw oh, that. Oh God. Um, but the currency of Wulong is canonically assumed to be at parity with the 1998 Japanese yen, which tracks the series mirroring its national currency's value at the time of Bebop's release, which was around a cent, which is, you know, so if you if you take one point three million Wulongs, that's one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. If I did that math right. Yeah, I might not have done that math right. <laughs> We're not math nerds. You take off two Uh, zeros anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but I mean, which puts it in perspective. I was always because, you know, I'll I'll hear something cost X amount. And I I kind of assumed it was similar to the yen, but I wasn't sure. So when you hear 300 million Wulong, which is the bounty of the overall story in this film, I I was trying to suss out like, how impressive is that? (laughs) You know, and I mean, still uh a pretty impressive amount of money so, uh, using today's calculations 300 million yen is 2.6 million dollars pretty good right but what would it have been in 98 
I, I would I would have that's, to. That's the question. You, you, you would have to imagine it's probably at least twice. I would have to go into a much deeper calculation that actually will tell you based on specific dates what that is, because those those right. calculators exist. And maybe that maybe we'll do that next week and not today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, one of the things that I do want to mention and at the at the top of this episode, because, you know, Drew, you said, you know, there's not a whole lot of plot. And, and that's true. But I think because we've been conditioned by the way Watanabe structures his episodes because he wanted every episode to feel like a movie. And we've commented so many times that, you know what, I really would love to see this fleshed out. And this movie essentially delivers that. It gives you an episode of Bebop extended with all of the character development stuff that you would want to see in the show with a little bit more flair. And, you know, I know some people have a a problem with a show being a longer episode. But for me, I, I, that's never an issue. No, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. In fact, I will say that when it comes down to it, this show just borrows all the world building that happens in the show. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to to be introduced to our 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 Vincent Villaggio, our main bad guy here in a moment. But his whole backstory when it comes to the war on Titan, they never go into any more detail in the movie than they ever do in the show, except for the stylistic choices that they choose to use when they're showing flashback sequences that Mm -hmm. very strongly match the flashback sequences that we see with characters like Gren from the series that, that we know also fought and was also a test subject in on Titan. Uh, and, and that that's one of those things that's just it, it 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 works in a way that that it works in the show. And, and I mean, just with a higher budget so that there's more detail in the background elements, really, <laughs> there's more yes. detail. There's way more detail in the gun that there are always guns pointed right in the camera in this movie that I don't realize whether they're there. That happens a lot in the show. But they always happen in the movie because they have all the detailed rifling on the 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 on them and all of that. It's uh it's interesting. So anyway, to get back to the story, Faye chasing a big tanker truck. Tanker truck explodes. Dude gets out. I'm gonna be real with you. Looks like Spike with a beard. Bad guys just Spike with a beard. <laughs> I mean he's built a little differently than Spike, but y- yes. <laughs> He's a little taller and a little skinnier, but otherwise is Spike with a beard and he just disappears. Meanwhile, people all over the area are dying and being taken into hospitals and their brains are swelling. And we don't exactly know why, because it doesn't look like it's any kind of virus. It's not a bacteria. The doctors are completely stumped with what's going on. Uh, so, so meanwhile, they get, they get that contained the, the ISSP and the Martian government get that contained and knowing that it's a 300 million Wulong bounty, you know, the gang's going to get involved. Uh, so, so Faye and Spike go out amongst the, the world to try to figure out what's going on. Uh, and, uh, and this is where we get a little bit of a different style than we've gotten so far in the, in the movie, because there the the spike goes into a whole section it's morocco town uh, of of the city uh which i should remember the name of the city era city um 
it's you're not too far it's, off. It starts with an A. Uh, I should have written this down. Ugh. Uh, keep talking. I'm gonna grab it real quick because it's the, it's the it's the exact same city that uh, Carol and Tuesday take place on Mars as well. Oh, nice. Uh, but but they go to Morocco town in this city and everything is very uh, uh, Arabesque, uh, Arab inspired. Everybody's speaking, you know, in, in different languages and and, uh, you know, dressed as you would expect people of that era. And I will say this movie was made pre 9-11. Um, so it, it it's it's always interesting to see this stuff because I think it came out here after 9-11, <laughs> which is. Yeah, just, it, it's it's. Uh, official release date was September 1st, 2001. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, wow. just had that bad fortune because we've mentioned a couple times that, you know, the the September 11th uh, incident, like, caused a lot of episodes to be taken off air while they were showing Bebop because, you know, at the time, people were kind of I mean, filtering I, I that stuff we t- off I think TV. we talked about it last week with some we of the episodes that happened. We did talk about last week's episode because of, the, because of the Teddy Bomber. The Teddy Bomber episode um, did not air for years. But, but there were several episodes that did not get a TV air date at launch uh, because of uh, 9-11. And... So uh, I, I feel like this movie did have some sort of limited release. Uh, I want to say the next year. It may have just come directly to DVD here. I don't know that it got uh, any kind of th- it would get a fandom event now, but I don't think it got any kind oh, of here theatrical- it is. The, the film received a limited theatrical release in the United States opening April 4th, 2003. Um, and it. In, in America, it grossed a million dollars hey. with a worldwide gross of three million. So, I mean, that's a really solid take for an anime film in in the early 2000s. Not too bad. Bebop, way to go. I'm, and I mean, this was a very popular show at this. At, by the time it came out in America or the movie came out in America, the show was pretty popular. It was probably at its peak. And so that was another thing about this film is it kind of came out in peak demand. Um, one of the things that I've always appreciated about Bebop and Watanabe is, you know, they kind of got in, got out. They told their story. They did do one movie. But I mean, until the the, the Netflix remake, you know, nothing else, which they is a couple new games. That's it. It is so surprising that they have not returned to that. Well, somehow, oh, it, it's. Yeah, and I'm always conflicted because, like, on one hand, yeah, we might get another Cowboy Bebop the movie. But on the other, I don't know if we need anything else. We've got, you know, 26 episodes. Most of them are exceptional and a really, really interesting film. And well, that, and that and that's the that was the question about this movie is that could a movie knowing that it takes place between a couple of episodes because we know how the series ends how could this movie succeed by just being sandwiched in with episodes? And that's what we're here to talk about tonight. Does this movie hold up? Is this movie worth the time? And I'm going to go ahead and spoil the end of this episode. Yeah, I think it is. I think this movie really holds up. I think this movie works really, really well. Because I don't think knowing the ending of the story matters. I think like with the show, they set out to tell this this basically a film 
about this crew in the world they've created. And they do that very, very well. It, it Honestly, I walk away from this movie wishing that they had done this more often with some of the other episodes, <laughs> uh, just getting a feature length version of it. Um, I, I know that that has been a thing that happens sometimes. There was an entire an- a manga series based off of a singular episode of Astro Boy. Uh, there is a, a single episode of Mobile Suit Gundam just announced today. Uh, right. Well, actually is, was announced. Is it a, a film or is it special? It's a film. It's a theatrical okay, release cool. film. Uh, the, 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 quote, worst episode of the original Gundam series of all time. So bad. According that, to Tomino. According to Tomino, the series creator. So much so that he banned it from being released outside of Japan. Uh, <laughs> so I have never seen this episode. Uh, it is getting a full Gun- mobile suit gundam the origin movie remake uh coming t- uh coming to j- japanese and hopefully worldwide theaters with i just think it's so funny well, it's a, such a f- netflix i hope uh, i mean it could be funimation could be anything i, I want to say that's wrapped up i mean i know we're on a, on a, on a tangent here but i want to say it's wrapped up with like hathaway's flash and, and the live action thing i think i think netflix might be the the go-to place for new Gundam for Hathaway's flash was the exception, uh, at the time because everything else went through Funimation. Well, not the movie. Well, it's Netflix original. That was Lionsgate. We'll see. Anyway, getting back to bebop. Um, I, 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 I don't know whether to speed through the plot or just go through it beat by beat and kind of stream of conscious consciousness, this whole thing. Well, I, I think that we can. Yeah, let's 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 give a Cliff Notes version of the plot and then start talking about some of the things that really work about it. Maybe even as we go along, because, you know, the beginning part is uh, the first third is kind of your typical Cowboy Bebop setup. You have the crew in town following a bounty. Something happens. Something happens that's way more out of their control than they expected to happen. They get way more involved than they thought they were going to get involved, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and of course, it involves Spike randomly coming across the TJ guys. The Tijuana guys are in this movie. I love this <laughs> so much. I love that. I love that they brought the TJ guys back. I also love they play a very important part at the end of the movie. Yes. And. I also love like we get even a little bit more of them when they when they're talking and they're so funny. They're so <laughs> enjoyable to hang around that it just it makes me so happy. They're 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 just delightful little side characters. <laughs> but, so, but go, go on, Drew. <laughs> to speed through the plot. What is happening is Vincent, who is a survivor of the war on Titan is a, a test subject for this chemical company that has more money than sense. And he has discovered that they have this, uh, this group of nanomachines, nanomachines, snake, settle down, nanomachines, snake. I told you already. Anyway, that appear as protein based lymphocytes. What's a lymphocyte? Well, let Ed explain it to you. It's basically a blood cell. I I have to pause while we're talking about lymphocytes to talk about the scene between Jet and Ed 
where Jet does not know anything of what Ed is talking about when she, when she is describing lymphocytes, and then to hear Jet explain lymphocytes, and when Spike and Faye uh, express confusion, he uh, calls them dumb. It's very funny. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I love when Jet does that. He does the same thing with Spike when they're playing this uh, board game. Like it's a some shogi. Form. It's shogi. Shogi, yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> And was it Ein Ein moves for him at one point? That's exactly where I was gonna go, Ein. Good job. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and then I love these little small touches because you know, obviously, if you've never watched the show, you get to see these little character moments. But even if you have, you know, some of these character moments ring not repetitious, but they they ring similar. You know, there's always this little bit of friction between Spike and and Jet. And they highlight that a little bit more in the film because Watanabe did want to make this for people who hadn't seen the show. Uh, same, same, well. thing, same thing when it comes to what Faye is doing, where they they honestly, they're a little more brutal making fun of Faye than they are making fun of uh, making fun of, of of Spike. Like, was they say like, oh, it's just a waste of time, like another trip on the on the Faye train or whatever they say. I, I can't yeah. remember the specific oh, I mean, term. The, but I also like that they... You know, by this point, they kind of had this familial um, relationship with one another. So I feel like, you know, she's like a kid's sister, even though you have Ed. <laughs> there is um, very much a sibling relationship between Jet, Spike and Faye that 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 I really appreciate. But I also appreciate later on in the movie where Jet doesn't have a piece of information that Faye and Spike have. And she calls back the same thing that he said about her. And it's just like, ha ha, you get it, Faye. <laughs> Yeah, and there, there's and there's a lot of great moments for, you know, f- fans because, you know, yes, you have stuff like Jet being inconsistent. Like we go from I made a normal living before I met you uh, where he's talking to Spike to talking about him, the the uh, ISSP saying it hasn't changed at all. That's the reason I quit. Yeah. Well, which one is it, Jet? <laughs> <laughs> so well, th- that but that's where a lot of the 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 character moments in this in this movie happen. And I want to get into that a little later because there's one scene in particular that is, is notable for this. So we have a lot of characters to introduce because we've also got while, while they're, they're tracking down Vincent and, and this nano machine uh, that he's got, you also have a representative of this, of the company that Vincent used to work for that did, that created this, this nano machine. Um, Sorry, I need to stop doing that. I apologize. Um, it's so funny that because I, I as soon as I watched <laughs> this movie, I was like, we are going to get this Metal Gear Solid reference. And I just I knew, I know you and I know how love how much you love calling back to uh, that game. And as soon as as Spike went nanomachines, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be my entire evening. Spike or snake. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, but you have Electra, who is is a new character uh, introduced specifically for this this movie, who works for the company and is trying to track down Vincent and figure out what's going on with him and why he has how he's gotten a hold of this and what he's trying to do. And 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 she seems to work for the special forces of this company's security squad, which we learn is way more decked out and geared out than even the the Martian army is. Uh, which is pretty, pretty wild. Um, and we eventually learn that that Vincent's plan is to release this nanomachine 
at the Halloween party. Ho, Halloween. At the second that they mentioned Halloween, I was like, oh, this is Miles' favorite thing. Halloween does not really play a part in this uh, movie at all, so I couldn't get too excited. There's jack-o'-lanterns everywhere, <laughs> there's, baby. There's, there's, there's jack-o'-lanterns and there's like a, a parade. And like, it's very much like we like we have to have the Halloween parade. The whole <laughs> the whole planet, it needs it. Um, the whole planet needs was, it. Miles is the mayor of Mars. That's what, that's <laughs> yeah, what we've apparently learned. So. Uh, <laughs> apparently so. And, we are not canceling of, Halloween. This is the most important <laughs> holiday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean uh, apparently i'm the mayor of uh, alba city i think is what it's called alba city like jessica alba uh, which is what i wrote in my notes later on that i didn't see anyway um and and this is another thing that i you know if this show had continued forward if it didn't end after 26 episodes i feel like we would like the the titan war would have been called back enough that we would have gotten more of a fleshed out history of what it was Maybe if a second season happened, because Vincent reminds me a lot of Gren. You yeah. know, They're someone who's experimented di- on in the Titan during the Titan War. I think the same as uh, Mab Poirot. Was that was he? No, also he, a was Titan not War? Ti- he was not Titan specific. I don't okay. think. OK, one Titan specific. OK, so but Gren was. And so there there are aspects of this that that remind me specifically in the way that he and Spike kind of go back and forth and obviously the kind of tragic nature of the character because Vincent, well, he is obviously a bad guy trying to commit uh planet genocide. Yes. You know, is also a little bit of a tragic character himself. Yeah, this is where I, I kind of lose the plot on this. I, I feel like, He's got some tragedy, but I don't feel like enough of his personal tragedy reflects. We didn't I see the the one the one real uh kind of dig against this film that I have is that I feel like the flashback scenes weren't enough. Yeah. I and feel I, like like we should have gotten more like we did with Gren and even more than that. I do wonder if this is a, a, a victim of translation because the, the, the thing about this movie, at least in the United States, I did learn that this movie's streaming on Netflix in Canada, just not streaming anywhere else <laughs> right now. Oh, jeez. That, that, uh, the Canadian, not the Canadian, the English language script that that was on the subtitle track is notably different than the English language dialogue track. Uh, that at least when you watch net, when you watch Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. And that makes me wonder, is there some subtlety to the, the, the script that we don't necessarily get in the, in the, the English language version. Um, I've seen this even as recently as, as watching Macross plus two weeks ago, um, I guess it was just last week, man, it's been a week. Um, there was a new subtitle track and I noticed more about the subtitle track and it g- gave more depth to what was going on in the, in the, the movie that made me wonder, have I just been, have, have I just been hindered by a poor translation of what was happening? And that's something Possible. that I, that I just don't know. 
But I I mean, it's certainly possible. Bebop has usually been so good about its its localization. Um, but it, it yeah, it's it's certainly possible. Uh, I mean, I will say, yes, Vince, some of Vincent's tragedy isn't communicated enough, but I feel like through the actions of everyone else and through kind of, you know, like Electra's story and everything, we we get a, enough of a feeling that, yes, you know, maybe wiping out an entire planet of people is a little extreme, <laughs> but you you can kind of see like, OK, like this guy has been super, super damaged. I mean, the guy's not working with a, a full set of crayons. Yes. No, that's accurate. He's not working with a full beard trimmer either. Um, and I know I speak from experience. Um, that's a visual joke for an audio podcast. Um, anyway, let so let's go down because we have three different paths that our main characters are taking. You have Jet and Ed teaming up to figure out everything behind the scenes that they can find out. You've got Spike investigating the chemical company that that is responsible for potentially responsible for what's going on. And you have Faye who is, is, is tracing the hacker that they were, that she was tracing to begin with, who seems to, to be more involved with this than they originally uh, figured that out. Uh, So, so which, which angle do you want to go with first miles? You want to go with jet Ned, you want to go with spike. Do you go to the Faye? Uh, Jet Ned, jet and Ed. Oh, Ed, Ed exists in this show to be on the computer. <laughs> she is always constantly I, looking things up and, and finding things out. Uh, but, I, you know, I thought I thought occurred to me when I was watching this movie is I wonder if the stuff that we see on Ed's computer is the way that she sees it. <laughs> I mean, she wears those goggles and that's the computer screen that she's looking at when she's hacking. So well, I, I mean, as she sees like, yeah, everything, because uh, it's chaos. It's, it's absolute chaos utter and absolute chaos. Uh, so so I will also say that that while Jet's on his side mission, he does go and meet with one of his old ISSP buddies and it had and goes to one of the wildest places I have seen in Cowboy Bebop so far. A gigantic, ginormous spaceship drive in theater. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's so wild. And it's watching this old black and white Western movie on this screen that has to be just two football field sized. It, it's so wild anyway. Uh, so they're they're trying to, to find out what they can and they don't really come up with much. Uh, but what they do does influence what what Spike and Faye go through. And I want to talk about Faye because Faye is chasing uh, uh, Lee Sampson, the the hacker from the very beginning that she is chasing from the beginning, but was not in the truck when it blew up. Um, Lee Sampson. Uh, at least in the English language dialogue, has the worst fake British accent I have ever heard in media. <laughs> Miles, do you it, concur? It, 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 it didn't bother me that much. It is it is really, really bad. So we learned that 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 Samson is is a hacker, but this is the first real big job he's been involved in he is more interested in being a terrorist just as a lark than as a than as a, a profession 
Right. And, and he is also obsessed with old video games, which is very funny to me that he's playing these these very old games through part of the movie and talks about how more how they're more real and how, you know, all this stuff and how hacking used to be more real, but now it's a lot more complicated and how Captain Crunch used a whistle to hack the phone system, which is true. There was a hacker in the 1970s named Captain Crunch who used a whistle to hack the long distance system in the United States. You can look that up. That's not that's a real thing that he is is referencing. But uh, also. He he fake catches him playing this this shooting game where it looks like he's shooting Teletubbies. And the, I couldn't make out what he said, but it sounded like Sporky Doki. I couldn't reach. I was, I was this close to Sporky Doki. I was so close to Sporky Doki. It just drove me so, crazy. Yeah. So uh, apparently what he's playing is supposed to be sp- uh, Spooky Kong. That is, I they they did not use that in the the English dub track, probably for legal reasons. Probably, but that that is what he's allegedly trying to see is is sp- Spooky Kong, Sporky Doki, Sporky Doki. So yeah, his his story is a little uninteresting. Um, you yeah. know, Faye, Faye's fixated on catching him because he just, you know, got away. And through chasing him runs afoul of Vincent. Yes. In one of the more uncomfortable moments well, in, the, in, the, in the movie. So this is. It's real. It's real wild what happens in this scene. So, of course, Samson thinks he's he's good buddies with Vincent. Um, before he gets stabbed. Uh, but <laughs> as part of this, Vincent has, no, he doesn't get stabbed. I'm sorry. That's a different guy. Spoiler warning for later in this yeah. episode. Uh, no, he, Vin- he gets a uh, virus. Yeah. Vincent is playing with these, these marbles that contain the virus. And as Samson and Vincent are talking, Vincent shoots the marble to release the, the nanomachine virus into the air. And, and and all the while, Faye has been tracking Samson and busts into the room and immediately gets taken out by this as well. And we think, oh, God, is this going to be the end of Faye? But there is one of the coolest shots that happens in this entire movie where Faye is on the ground choking and Vincent reaches his hand down and Faye pulls up and because she's got her gun drawn and shoots him and shoots at him, but catches his hand and his hand has this blood that comes out and he backs up and he like sucks all this blood into his mouth. He's doing a weird licking thing. La 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 la. And then as Faye is on the ground, he reaches down and he kisses her. But we learn later what he's doing is he is basically forcing his blood into her mouth because he is immune to the nanomachines. And it's real, real weird. It's real weird, Miles. 
but it's very anime. <laughs> it's it's very weird. It's well, because the uncomfortableness with that scene, you know, it picks up later because, you know, at first you think, OK, Faye's going to die and Faye does not die. And we know that Faye's not going to die because this episode takes place. This movie takes place between episodes. We just don't know how uncomfortable things are going to get for her before other stuff happens. Um, meanwhile. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but but before this, though, uh, we got to talk about Ed's investigation because <laughs> Ed is, as always, an absolute delight and is looking for uh, basically trying to help <laughs> Faye find the 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 bad Englishman. <laughs> and Ed is what you about- mean bad Englishman, mate. I I this is as good as the voice actor in the movie did. I mean, Ed's about as effective as decaf coffee in in this. <laughs> uh, but it, it, nonetheless, for for the audience, is delightful to watch, especially <laughs> when she's wearing the the pumpkin mask and is uh, being hit on uh, by by an older person oh, oh i don't like this scene at all oh. it cracks me up just because of what happens because yeah it's just like you know oh um where are you uh or come back later little boy and she, she goes i'm not a little boy i'm a little girl and the way the way she says it and, and like the whole gag as she's popping the pumpkin uh mask off it's just so funny it, you say that but that follows that the fact okay so so ed is knocking on doors trying to find I where this person is I understand and, that there is a very, very dark a, connotation here. There is a very dark connotation, but it's it's this extremely masculine person wearing a dress. Ed is saying trick or treat. And this individual looks at her and says, how about a trick, little boy, as implying that. Yes, this is not a cute, fun thing for me. This is an uncomfortable, weird thing for me. To which Ed replies that, no, they are a little girl, not a little boy. To which the guy, the the individual, excuse me, says, you're going to ruin my reputation and slams the door. (laughs) There's a lot to unpack there. (laughs) There there is. It's Ed's delivery and uh, aloofness that for me keeps that moment light. And, and for lack of a better term and we're not um, even talking about the next door that she knocks on that she gets shot at by a dude with a shotgun <laughs> yeah um but also yeah it's and, and i've always been a, a, a big time ed supporter and that has remained true through this watch through but i i think they also did a good job of keeping ed pretty integral to like without Ed, they would not have found Vincent. No, Ed is or, super or, or, fi- or figured out the virus at all. Ed is super integral to to the cast at this point. Like her presence is required because she is the only intelligent one. <laughs> she is the one that knows things. She knows computer skills. She may not lack. She may lack wisdom. She may lack charisma, but her int score is really, really high. <laughs> yes, uh, she doesn't all she's she's maybe not very street smart, but she when it comes to science and technology, she is uh, almost unbeatable. 
because she's hacking into like credit card companies and big time corporations like it's nothing for the most yeah, part. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, she does find where where Samson is holed up and she calls Faye. And Faye tells her to stay where she is because she'll be right down because uh, Faye's on the bebop taking a shower because, of course, we have to have one of those scenes in any anime movie. Um, but uh, by the time Faye gets there uh, immediately after after uh, after Ed hangs up the phone. She sees a bunch of other kids trick or treating in the neighborhood and decides to join them. And it's just <laughs> and that's what we see of Ed for a little while. That's, but she, well, I, I, that's what I love about. <laughs> when they write ed because they always remind you at the end of the day ed is like 12 years old yeah and so she sees a bunch of kids in costumes and knowing it's halloween she's like oh free candy and just you know f's off for a good long while (laughs) yeah meanwhile spike because we need to get to spike's arc with this because this is probably the more important of the two arcs at this point in the movie. Uh, Spike is dressing up as a, a trash company worker and steals a garbage truck to get into the, the, uh, the chemical company. And as he's breaking in, he gets pretty far uh, with what he's doing until he is confronted by a character whose name we do not know yet. But miles and I know is Electra. Yes, uh, not the Marvel antihero, but the the character in this movie um, who is responsible for maybe the coolest fight in this entire franchise. Uh, it is Spike. Yes. It, it, it is her and Spike fighting hand to hand with Spike with a broom dressed in a in a, uh, j- a sanitation uniform. And he and it's just this wonderful ballet. It's him swinging the 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 broom around it it is it is really 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 cool this is all of the animation budget animating every single frame of this fight and i absolutely love it it's so good it's awesome and i hate that if this fight is better than fights we're going to get in the tv series at the end because it's so good this fight yeah it it is one of the best fights that you see in this series and yes a lot of the budget did go to you know being able to do different camera angles and all this cool stuff that that they do attempt in the show at some point but yeah just getting to see spike fully cut loose and it's not the first time we get to see this in this film like we see it a couple times with vincent and at the end like the the fight choreography and direction animation in this film are so good 100 percent I and and, I mean, that's the cool thing is, you know, with Spike, it's always it's always easy to forget how good of a fighter he is. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. But also Electra is really good, too. And that is something that needs to be said. This is not a this is not a one sided fight. This is a very difficult fight. And I would argue that she wins this fight because Spike has to run. And 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 this is where the the movie really kind of takes off on what is going on. Spike finds out what he finds out. He runs. Faye knows what she knows, but she is incapacitated at this point. Jet and Ed are are on the bebop, not really knowing a ton of what's going on. But 
Spike knows because he has planted a bug on Electra what to do next. And they are now going to do this rundown, this this confrontation on this Skyway tram. And that's really where the 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 third arc of four arcs starts in this movie. And this is really yes. where I'm looking at the time. We're in about an hour. I feel like we need to kind of burn through the rest of this plot because it is there's a lot to talk about and there's a lot to talk about. So. A lot of cool fights. Spike confronts Vincent on the train. There's a lot of really there's a lot of people that are worried about all this gunfire on this train. And there's one dude that is just unconcerned, still reading the newspaper on this train that then gets shot in the head. And it's like, what were you doing, man? What were you doing? Duck, just duck. (sighs) Yes. Anyway, I yeah. So, I mean, we've we've kind of. Yeah, we have kind of brushed only like about the, the virus and Vincent's plan and everything. Um, I would probably just, yeah, zoom to the. They basically figure out that what Vincent wants to do, Spike gets his <laughs> gets his butt handed to him pretty handily by Vincent. Yeah. He 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 cracks a couple of ribs. He gets shot. He he almost dies, but then gets saved by the Native American person that we have uh, or Native Martian. I don't know how, what we decided to call him um, that he we has have, a name. He does. Um, I, I just can't the remember. The character has a name. I can't remember. Uh, but he's a character that we is. have seen uh, a few times in the show, including the first episode. Um, but uh, we find out that the Vincent is going to unleash this this mm. this nanomachine at the big Halloween party in the city. Unfortunately, at this point, the 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 chemical company has decided to arrest Spike and Electra after both of them reappear, like Electra's been pulled from the case and Spike reappears after he's been healed um, somehow magically. <laughs> but uh and this is where and, and also uh we should also probably mention that there's a really dope train sequence where Vincent blows up a train and it it releases more of the the nano machines and it's really cool and it's awesomely animated. Um it's really awesome. But there is a scene where Spike and Electra are in adjoining cells in the 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 chemical company's on-site prison that is one of the most iconic moments in Cowboy Bebop. And I say that because this is something that the cast, the English voice language cast of Cowboy Bebop refers back to a number of times. And it's important to note that when they recorded the TV series, despite the fact that the, the character interactions seem extremely natural and, and, and all of that, that's the voice direction. They were all recorded separately. They recorded in separate rooms at separate times, much like is done with 90% of, of animation. The movie they recorded in one room much like you see TV shows like Futurama doing and, and disenchantment and, and uh, a number of other shows that require quick timing. And it, it, when it comes down to it, this scene between spike and Electra where spike finally opens up in a way that he never does in the TV series 
mm-hmm. ha- directly impacts uh, directly impacts Steve Bloom specifically. Uh, so to, to, to give the line that, that Spike is saying, when I was younger, I wasn't afraid of anyone. I didn't have the slightest fear of dying. But then I met a certain woman and it changed. For the first time, the idea of death began to scare me. And and to Bloom, who voiced Spike in the series, it was the first time that that Spike really got vulnerable. It's the deepest and most open that Spike ever is. And and it's it's a vulnerability they tried so hard to hide from, to escape from, but couldn't in that moment. And it's a moment that Bloom credits to saying this is when he understood Spike as a character more than he ever did. And he he regrets that this is the last time he ever got to voice this character because that would have informed everything else about his performance prior, which is so wild to hear that, that us talk about because we I love Bloom's performance as Spike and it, it he's the effortless cool guy. But this is the effortless cool guy kind of breaking down. But the other side of that is because they recorded all of these lines in one room, we have all of the other cast members reactions to this. Wendy Lee of, uh, and this is all coming from a, a verge article uh, that, that interviewed the cast about this. Wendy Lee, who is the voice of Faye uh, says, we know all of these characters have damage. We explore that systematically throughout the series but they save Spike for the film much later. Think of the genius that's in the beats of storytelling and the way that Bebop delivers the story. I think that in itself is one of the greater appeals of the whole franchise. It, it's, it's, it's so... It's interesting because he does say things in this scene that we never hear him say in the series. We never yes. hear, hear Spike open up uh, about anything. Um, and and it's 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 just wild to 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 hear that as as the last thing that they would do with these characters being the most impactful about the character. I just I don't know. It's really fascinating to me to 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 think about. Yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, I think this kind of stuff that you don't get from the series is I mean, kibble for a fan. While someone who's never seen this show will, you know, get more of this character, people have been, you know, waiting for stuff like this. And, and, you know, for a rabbit fan, oh, my, I'm going to put this in the context of the shit series. I'm going to rewatch it and, you know, just kind of giving that, that little extra bit just kind of reinvigorates fans. Whenever, whenever you get the, just the slightest bit of something, it can, it can just, you know, rejuvenate your excitement about an entire, franchise or movie or series i'm gonna read bloom's reaction to this because i think it's important um and the moment was fairly brief compared to the exposition for a lot of the other characters and yet it was so incredibly powerful and then goes right back into the action shortly after it was kind of amazing it taught me that a moment can change your life for the better or for the worse it changed me as an actor changed me as a person and I didn't have that realization until many years later. Like that is the kind of impact that scene had on Steve Bloom as a performer. That is <laughs> wild. 
Um, and, and it does. It, it is wild that right after this very emotional scene, there is some supremely dope action that happens in this in this movie uh, with the with Electra and Spike breaking out of jail. It is awesome. They're grabbing dudes through the through the bars. They're pulling guns off people. They're for uh, it's it's like it's right back into that 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 known cowboy bebop cowboy bebop action. Ah, cowboy bebop. Oh yeah, say cowboy bebop five times fast. You can't do it. No, it's 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 very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my favorite things uh, as as we're getting to the towards the end of the movie which which involves a a great action sequence with Vincent and Spike you also on 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 the side have Spike issuing an order to jet to basically get as many planes as he can to get this vaccine for I, the virus I want to time you out for that just one okay. second because while while Spike and Faye have been through all this stuff Meanwhile, Jet, back on the Bebop, is talking to Ayn about how he was better off being alone and how, oh, that's just how it is around here. They go off and do their own thing and they show up whenever they want. Nobody calls in. Nobody checks in. (laughs) All of these things because he, at this point, has no idea what's going on. And it's this supremely honest moment of Jet verbally talking about how tough and cool he is, but subtextually how worried he is about his two friends that are out on their own. He even talks about how, oh, do we even have a bond on this ship? No, we're just a bunch of <laughs> ragtag yeah. people. Everyone it, just goes out whenever they want to and just comes back at some point in time. It, it's it's just this wonderful, wonderful scene. And, and, and this is one of the most human moments that Ayn gets and that Ayn looks at the shogi table which is still set up and tries to make a move and Jet scolds Ayn and then Ayn whimpers and then Jet comforts Ayn oh I'm sorry oh you're a good pup because he even he doesn't realize how intelligent Ayn is I think only Ed really appreciates how intelligent Ayn is but uh but yeah then Miles oh Miles Oh, Miles. Talk about your scene. Oh, man. So not only does he not get proper airplanes, he gets basically the airplane equivalent of some old jalopies, some old, some old jalopies. There is a P-38 Lightning. There's an F-84 Thunderjet. There's a, a TBF Avenger. There's an F-18 Hornet, which was relatively new at the time. There's a World War II Zero. There's a Spitfire on there. There's a there's a a a, a Mustang that's in the well, the mix. There is a in the in the context of this show, they're all old jalopies. There there is a Fokker dry decker, which is a three T. It's a, not a biplane. It's a triplane. These are some old planes, baby. Some and- old planes. And who is leading the charge? The TJ guys. Oh, but the 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 oldest jalopies themselves who have some great banter in this scene. Great banter. 
Proc and TJ one guys. Recollecting, recollecting World War II that he wasn't close to being alive for. <laughs> he would have been born a hundred years after World War II started. It's 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 perfect. This show has always been good about balancing its humor and its drama and action. And because you know, we go right back into this this fight between uh Spike and Vincent, and then the uh uh, yeah, I lost track of my thought. Um, but and and then uh, Electra comes in, and we get the you know we get this whole thing going on, and at the same time you also see the the vaccine being spread starts to rain. Well, so 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 that's Faye's job. So so at this point, Spike's going after Vincent at the place that he thinks Vincent would go, the stairway to heaven, the door to heaven, the top of. I don't know if it's the Tokyo Tower it's, it's or the, the Eiffel Tower. It's the bridge between heaven and earth. Uh, the bridge, bridge between heaven and earth, with it, which is, I don't know if it's the Tokyo Tower or the Eiffel Tower. Could be other, could be both. Obviously, it's neither because it's on Mars. But uh, yeah, it's on Mars. <laughs> the Mars Tower, uh, but it definitely looks like one of those two other towers. Faye is sent to take over the the weather controls to make it rain, which that is a phrase that, if it was used just ten years later, would have a completely different context for Faye. <laughs> um, and, and of course, Jet goes after the 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 TJ guys and the rest of the team to get the, to get because they have the because uh, one thing we've forgotten to mention, Electra also has the cure in her blood and the company has been duplicating that cure. Um, I just want to thank Steve, the character Steve, uh, for doing that. Uh, he was the guy that hit on Electra earlier, but then saves the day by giving them the cure. <laughs> But uh, yep. <laughs> uh, but meanwhile, while all this is going on, we are seeing this gigantic Halloween parade. And Miles, I just have to pause just a second before we get to the end game. Did you see some of the members of that parade? I did. Was that person on a horse? Indeed. Was that person dressed as a samurai? Indeed. <laughs> Andy, baby, making a cameo appearance in the Martian parade. Andy. It's 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 such a treat, especially (laughs) like especially when this is supposed to take place. It's just awesome to see that little Easter egg for fans of the show, because to anyone else that that character means absolutely nothing. You wouldn't even see that character. Well, and th- and that, that character being there is what helps date when this episode happens, because Andy is not a cowboy anymore. He's a samurai now, but also that uh, big shots is still on the air because it's canceled later. <laughs> like we know it takes place right here. <laughs> right. Andy. Um. Anyway, to get to the end of the movie, uh, really, we just have the final fight between Spike and Vincent. Vincent. This is some of the coolest fight choreography that has happened in the show. There are lightning strikes and explosions and and butterflies flying around because we also forgot to mention that that butterflies, uh, you know, Vincent sees butterflies around. We're skipping the the space combat scene, which, by the way, is dope. And I would love to see that in HD and 4K. Please get the rights back. 
Netflix worldwide, please. Cause I want to see that again. Anyway, back to the, the, the tower. Uh, it's just excessively, excessively cool. This fight scene between the two of them. And, mm-hmm. and of course, Vincent gets the upper hand, but who shows up to, to kind of save the day. But, but Electra who has the hardest time pulling the trigger, but does ending Vincent's life. And yes, because we get a kind of defined relationship between those two. Um, and I really liked this, like as a plot point, I liked how it was done. I just again, I really wish I had a little bit more flashback, but maybe even on her end, um, even a, flashback, already- a flashback for the two of them, because right realistically like her memory of vincent the way he was before we know that she has the same cure that he has but she was not supposed to have it and there's subtext there yes that because she has spent a lot of the movie kind of defending him and tracking him and trying to protect him but none of that is outright spoken um Again, though, I, I think for the, the for the focus of this movie, it works. Oh, a hundred percent. I just I really just want a little bit more just to kind of. To raise this like to an even higher uh, point, because I, I, I really do think this movie is if you haven't seen Cowboy Bebop, this is a great thing to watch. Like this gives you everything that's good about it. It gives you the entire cast. It, I mean, honestly, it's a it's a really great sampler for what makes Cowboy Bebop great. And I think they made the best decision by going with the idea of, well, let's do the, the an episode, but just do it feature length. In fact, I would love, as we talked about, you know, what Gundam's doing. I would love for for Watanabe to go back and. Maybe give that treatment to a couple of episodes. And with the international talk around Bebop because of the Netflix show, maybe he will in three years. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's it's possible. We'll I mean, on one, on one hand, I don't. It, it, it's best to leave it untouched. It's uh, re- remake or not. It's that 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 ser- that series has remained untouched for about 20 years. And it's still pretty perfect uh more than 20 years but yes i i think that at 20 years for the movie when did the movie debut miles 2001 yeah september 2001 yeah, what is it right I'm now not, i'm not i'm, I'm not splicing months <laughs> um but but it is one of those things where i i hugely respect a creator that creates a thing with from a start to finish yes and that's it. absolutely and does not I, I cave to pressure to 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 do more of that thing or to invent more of that thing the worry with watching the cowboy bebop movie and yes we watched it in order of the story because i wanted to i feel like watching this after the end of the story I don't know. Maybe I'll have a different reaction to that, but watching it when we did 
because I know at the time that the movie came out here, I thought, huh, that's a little weird. But of course, then I never watched it. This is my first viewing of this movie. And I I think this is just an addendum. It is a. It's a a a a return to form for the series that ended. And again, we have danced around this plot that we all know is coming, but ended. And that is something that I just I I I wish they they would do more. I wish they would do more Cowboy Bebop. I love Cowboy Bebop so much. But when you have something that ends and ends well or ends definitively that can be enough and that is what i think we're going to focus on as we enter into the last three episodes because that's all we have left now and with that said (laughs) i'm 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 bummed that we only had three episodes left uh even though like it was a week ago i was talking about oh man you know it's sometimes Stick with something for so long uh, when you're doing so much of it can can tire you out. But I, I'm very much going to miss this show all over again. And. I think that, yeah, I, I think this movie, on top of just being a great sampler for Bebop, it's a good movie. It's a cool science fiction movie that gives you this lived in world. It gives you a, a honestly still a relevant plot idea of. I just everything about it works. And so yeah. even if you didn't have the context of the movie, I still think this is a really cool science fiction movie. I agree 100%. And that is where we are going to end tonight, gang. Thank you guys for joining us. Let's talk about next week. Next week. I'm going to be real with you, fam. It's the end of the year. And as much as I want to dive right into those last three Cowboy Bebop episodes, we're not going to do that it is going to be the 2021 mario awards all right maury's uh the maury awards are coming up next week as we are going to talk about the things that deserve maury's and all of the categories that those things deserve maury's in and that's going to be next week Uh, And that is going to be the last episode of 2021. I cannot believe that 2021 is about to be over miles. I am having a real, real hard time with that. Oh, anyway, that's where we're going to end tonight, gang. If you would like to join us, you can find us at themoreyounerd.com where you can find this episode and all of our other episodes. You can tweet to us. At the more you nerd, you can go to facebook.com slash the more you nerd. You can join the Cosmic Crit Discord. Uh, go to cosmiccrit.com and join our Discord where you can find our specific the more you nerd section. Yeah, that section exerve, uh, existed for months now. Uh, we are, you can just talk to me and Miles like all day uh, if you want to do that. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty and much. It, it, it's mostly Gundam, Power Rangers. Uh, right now because everyone there knows that those are the things that we really love so there's a there's a lot of 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 <laughs> circling conversations yeah, about those things lot, but you can talk to us about anything a lot that of you spider-man like. talk to a lot of spider-man talk um 
And of course, uh, with that said, you can email us the more you nerd at gmail.com. That's the more you nerd at gmail.com. So until next time, gang. Oh, we're going to end this show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd out. out. Are you living in the real world? <laughs>